0: welcome to madcasters with our guest rihanna as we discuss her new book curious kemi you have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation if you want to learn how to make a difference in your life if you want the skills in order for you to impact your communities madcasters is your podcast i invite you to get ready because this is the launch pad for you to go mad what's going on everyone it's your host brian st louis bsl and we're here with another episode of madcasters where we learn how to make a difference i believe that the only way to effectively impact our world is to first progressively change the way that we see ourselves that mindset transformation will launch us to enhance our holistic lifestyle and subsequently impact the world so here you will get the necessary tips stories and inspiration to learn how to make a difference in your life and in turn impact the world be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast we're basically everywhere from apple itunes google and if you would like to support this channel even more you can become a patreon supporter that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash madcasters and you can choose whichever tier you would like to help support this channel even more the more supporters we get in this realm equates to more episodes launched every week and so if you see value in what we're doing in Madcasters, become a Patreon supporter. Thank you to all those who are currently supporting and to those who will be supporters. With us today, we have Rihanna Beaumont as we discuss her new book, Curious Kemi. And this book, oh my goodness, I am so amazed at what she's doing. It's it's a book that is focused on Black representation and also it's about discovering who she is through this adventure so cami is journeying through her heritage exploring the many amazing things about african culture and in the book she participates in her first tribal dance full of joyous fun with her family and friends and so rihanna thank you so much for being a part of this madcasters movement and showing us how you are making a difference in the world today by making this book that could really help shape the way that black children see themselves Thank you so much, Rihanna, and why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and uh, yeah, let's let's dive into this.
1: So I am a mother of three children. Um, I've got a son, a daughter, and a son. So I had my wow. first baby when I was nineteen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I'm twenty nine now. So I've got three kids over the past decade, and awesome. my whole adult life it feels I've dedicated to my kids and yeah. I've really invested into my kids and their education, the extracurricular activities, how they view themselves in the world has been of utmost importance to me, uh-huh. which is one of the things that led me towards authoring Curious Kemi. Tribal dance. So or just the Curious Kemi series as a total, as a whole. Um yeah, so that's That's basically where my head's at. Aside from that, I have a passion for makeup. So I also do some content creating and I'm a makeup artist on the side as well. So I kind of figure between the two.
0: That's good. I definitely have seen that on your social media. You definitely, um, well, first of all, you definitely have a passion for your kids. We could definitely see that. Uh, And then I also realized that you have this this makeup side of you as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, it seems like you love nature as well. You're always taking pictures. and Yeah,
1: some- I places. do. It's, it's really weird. Cause I was thinking back to when I was like a teenager in secondary school and stuff, and they will take us on these school trips to the woods and stuff like that. And I would hate it. I would hate the cold. I would hate all of those things. And I'm like, I want to be inside. I want to go to the cinemas. I want to go shopping. But now that I've become an adult, I have a deep appreciation for nature, even like throughout my home, everything's white, everything's minimal, everything's yeah. green. Like you can see in the back of the camera there, I've just got plants yeah. dangling everywhere. I've got pictures on my wall, which is the sea and the seaside. So yeah. I really do like open spaces and nature and, and that stuff, that kind of stuff.
0: That's awesome. How, how has it been being, uh, raising a, a child from the age of 19 years old? Was that was that a difficulty for you? How what what did that feel like? Especially now with um with three children around this age.
1: Um, I would say yes and no. I say no because I come from a family of seven, so there's seven of us all together. I've got six siblings. I am sat back in the middle. I'm the middle child. So I come from a big family. I'm used to like rough tumble noise, having to do things, having to share all of that kind of stuff, having to manage quite a few things at once. Um, and on top of that, I've got, I think, 14 or 15 nieces and nephews now. So, But at the time um, when I had my first child, I had two nieces. And I used to carry them around like they were my babies. I still say to this this day that they were my firstborn children Uh, because I treated them as such. So when I had him, although I was quite young, I was still a teenager, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like I didn't know what I was doing because I was so used to children, washing, cooking, cleaning, so on and so forth. So it kind of came as second nature to me. I actually fell pregnant while I was in uni had to take a gap year so that I could have the baby. I went back for my second year. And then halfway through my third year, I got pregnant again. So I had a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, and I was fully pregnant doing my dissertation. How I managed to do it now, I don't know, because there were some girls that didn't have any responsibilities and flunked out, and I just right. thought, I don't know how I'm still <laughs> surviving. But um, And it's, it's things like that, when you look at really high-pressure situations Mm and I I think I don't know how I got through it I don't know I just get up and take one day at a time because they are quite difficult but um I also think it just comes as second nature and I do really like kids like I get stressed with kids and stuff like any other person does but I really just enjoy them they're they're lovely aren't they (laughs) so um yeah it's it's just a balancing act I mean I managed to go through uni I started doing nursing at one stage when I had two children, uh-huh. I was a paediatric nurse and I went into my placement at one of the hospitals here in London and I think it was the cancer ward for children and I broke down crying and I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. see like that. so I actually had to flunk out, which was like quite a big deal for me because I, I'm not someone that likes to give up on stuff easily, yeah. So um but I just I just knew even if I passed my exams how am I going to work every day? It I wouldn't function properly. So I stopped doing that and then I started doing my social media, my authoring, working at Mac and again it's just a balancing act basically. And as the children get older I was about to say it gets easier, it does not get easier. It's a different type of stress.
2: Yeah.
1: And pressure and it's teaching Mini humans, how to be good human beings. Uh, And I've come to realize that they're just mirrors of yourself. And for me to want my children to be a good human and to be good people, I have to be a good person. Do you know what I mean? I have to be that example. I can't ask them to do something that I'm incapable of doing myself. I can't shout or swear and expect not to see that in my children. Uh I can't. Not educate myself or not look after myself properly and expect to see those traits in my children. I have to be an example, and that's probably the toughest thing because sometimes as adults we just want to do what we want to do, uh, and our children grow right. up right, you know. So, I would say that's the difficulty. And my children are extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether they got it from me or their dad, you know, <laughs> I'm just debating over the two, <laughs> but um. Yeah, they're extremely intelligent. So they're far beyond their years. So what I would expect a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old to ask me, they're asking like 13, 14, 15-year-old questions. Uh And a lot of the time they're teaching me stuff as well. And I feel like it's because of the ease of access to information now. Uh Their knowledge is just trickling down to them so much quicker. I didn't have access to a computer until I was like in secondary school. And even then it was shared, it was monitored. They have access to the internet from the TV. (laughs) Every device in the house, like during COVID, because the schools are all locked down here, they've gifted or they've gifted slash loaning out laptops to children. So we've got Uh two laptops here so that they can access their classrooms virtually. They've got access to the internet here. So who what child knows how to use Zoom? Like they know now. We're, we're just learning as grown adults.
0: Yeah, set it up. So <laughs>
1: yeah. um, this is the thing. It's, it's a different type of pressure, um, but it's rewarding nonetheless. Absolutely. Um, it's a beautiful thing to be in charge of someone's reality. That That is what it is. Like, as a mother specifically, you create another person's world. Mm-hmm. What Adam will know that you can hear in the background, what Adam knows as love, Um, and baseline for love is going to come from me and how he now brings himself into the world to love other people or to love his wife in the future he uses what he's got from me as a baseline as to say well this is enough this is not enough this is too much do you know what I mean and this is this is also like one of the other sides of being a working mum is that you're never really alone working we're doing a little podcast now and Adam's decided to join in but um yeah, we we get it done, don't
0: we? <laughs> you know, there is something that you said that's really uh, that really gets to my like uh, gets my attention because I was actually having this conversation with my best friend yesterday. Um, but you you mentioned the fact that you know kids have so much that they're learning now um, that they have so much access to, uh, and my friend and I we were talking about how. Access to knowledge uh, is is very important for for kids, but it's who they get it from. Mm-hmm. And so for for parents, sometimes, especially back in the day, uh, our parents sometimes would not tell us the what we needed to hear, uh, thinking that we were too young to 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 get that information or whatever the case may be. But then we would find it from other people. And and I told him I was like, listen, uh, and this literally just came to me. But it, it, I, I thought to myself, the the subconscious mind. If I start saying, if I start asking my parents questions, and, and they're not answering those questions, but I get real answers from other people, subconsciously I'm learning and tr- and 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 getting this understanding that I'm I'm try I'm basically trusting other people's words above my parents, and so. I, I think that is just so important. Uh, as you said, that you know to to be one who who is willing to to train their child in the, in the right direction, to show them what love is, to to answer questions that they have. Because if you don't give it to them, they're gonna get it from someone else.
1: I I feel like this is very like a recurrent theme in our mm-hmm. community that a lot of our elders don't have certain conversations with us, and it, it leads exactly to what you're saying. And I really want for myself and for my children as well, not to have that subconscious thought. And it's really easy to happen. You know, you're busy. So you're going to answer the most pertinent questions and other things that are not so important for you to answer. And you don't have those those conversations because they're not important at the time. You've mm. got other things that are more important. And sometimes it's good to sit down and just have those conversations with your children even if it's few and far between, they're still going to have the memory of those things happening and feeling like there is a safe space for them to come and have certain conversations with you, no matter what the topic and subject is. And it's something that I do. Like I know sometimes if I go through periods of stress or anything that's going on in my life, and obviously my kids are old enough and wise enough and, and privy to it all, that sometimes I'll just randomly say, you know, mummy, sorry for da, 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 da. Mm. You know, what's going on with mummy? Like and I say obviously age appropriately, but we have those conversations because I've grown up and I remember certain things that's happened, you know, growing up and had it been explained better to me, things would have made all the world of difference, you know what I mean, rather than trauma or trying to figure it out yourself and you know, these kinds of things, or going to other people to get information from them, which is only based off of their life experiences and what their parents have chosen or not chosen to tell them. Mm-hmm. And so so forth, so I do feel like it's really, really important and as much as information is good to have and knowledge is power, I feel like we need to be really careful because the internet and crazy people out there is just really mad, like my son likes to play Roblox, and I know there's weird adults on there that like to just bully children and stuff, for example, my son, you know like in the age of social media. And YouTube channels and all of this stuff. I was just watching a program with them downstairs and the cartoon saying, Oh, if I do this um, video, you know, my following count's going to go back up. And it really irked me because you're training the kids to believe that their worth in society is based on how much attention they can garner. And it's difficult enough as an adult that's doing that as a profession and to kind of separate the two because it takes a lot of work. So a lot of your time is invested into that and you can get in into that trap and it's just really bad that they're doing that to kids now but um he wanted to have his own PlayStation channel so he likes to watch people play games you know, instead of playing the game like we would when we were little he'll watch other people play the game so he wanted to do this so he's playing and then the comments are popping up now and people are like well done and he's like talking and obviously this is his first time public speaking because he's on the mic and he's you know saying this is what I'm doing da. da, 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 da. You know, people are saying "well done" XYZ, and then you get the people coming up like "you're so stupid." Mm. They called the P word. He was nine at the time, and they're calling a nine-year-old the P word. Wow. And it's just like, why would you? What adult has that much spare time to troll a nine-year-old child? And where, like, you could just see the innocence <laughs> drop out of his eye. Is, right? It was so heartbreaking to see. And it also it's like it's somewhat healing as well for me. And it sounds really weird to say that, but me as a parent witnessing what's happening to my child, right? And I'm just like, Well, but you're an amazing boy. You're this, you're that, you're all of these good things. Why like don't even let a random person who is hiding behind the screen? even enter your head. And I'm saying that with such conviction for him because Mm -hmm. I see his worth, right? I see what he does. I see his potential. I see how amazing he is as as a child. But sometimes we as adults can't see that about ourselves. It's true. We have negative self-talk. So when I'm mothering him like this, I'm also like thinking back to myself about myself as I'm having these conversations. And it's like, When I'm sitting there and I feel like, oh, my content isn't progressing as much as I would like. Or someone might have something negative to say about me, which, because I'm an overthinker and I really care what other people think, really does affect me sometimes. And I have to sit there and be like, well, I'm amazing too. Do you know what I mean? I'm a good person. Why do I let negative or potential negative opinions of other people sometimes slow me down or deter me from doing what I I feel I want to do, you know? So it's that. a double parenting.
0: <laughs> I feel that. So you've you definitely it seems like you. I mean, what do you even just say it seems like you have a a deep passion to to really care for your kids, and that deep passion has clearly extended into what you now are doing with Curious Kemi. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and and I and I love this because um, if anyone is listening to the first time, I have no idea what Curious Kemi is. I'll, I'll give from even my perspective, even though I haven't even read, any, uh, read it yet, but I will be buying the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the the uh, representation uh, mm-hmm. that Curious Kemi has is what gripped my attention in the, from it from the first place. The representation of, of seeing, you know, Black children, Black family on on a children's book Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the whole tribal way that it that is brought on, and it it really it it took a a grip on me, and so mm-hmm. that's something that I want to I want to purchase so I, my child could also see those types of representation as well. I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that we get this um, for our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole concept, of, you know, of of diversity, uh, but mm-hmm. also being able to see yourself through. Uh, the things that, that you're watching, because a lot of it that we see on Netflix, X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily showing any re- much representation of the Black community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so Curious Kemi is made. What, what gave you the inspiration, the desire to make this children's book?
1: You know, honestly, I feel like it just came to me one day. It, mm-hmm. it just came to me. And I've never pegged myself as a children's writer I'm quite articulate in my written work I like to write letters Mm. I I like to do that kind of stuff but I've never been a children's writer but then all of these stories started coming to me and the reason why I had like these ideas even buzzing in my head in the first place Mm. is because my children are half Nigerian I'm Jamaican Their dad's Nigerian. So they're half Jamaican, half Nigerian. And as they were growing up, you know, they're experiencing and they're learning their Nigerian culture. And I started thinking to myself, well, what type of culture do I have to give them as a Jamaican? One, what is Jamaican culture? And number two, I'm British born. My dad's British born. My mum was born in Jamaica, but she moved here when she was eight. So I feel as English as any other white person. Uh, what can i give them i'm not british but am i really jamaican and even if i wanted to go back and learn about my jamaican culture outside of food and patties and jerk chicken and that kind of stuff really is that even my culture because jamaicans were brought over from africa as slaves uh, so i really again as an overthinker i went down this this thought process and i was like well I want to find out where I'm from. I want to know where my ancestors from. I want to learn about my culture. Had I not been brought to Jamaica, where would I have been from? What would have trickled down? Or even if, you know, my family was still brought to Jamaica, if I was born a couple hundred years ago, the culture and certain practices would still be there. So I did a DNA test with Ancestry.com and I found out my ethnicities. So um, That's awesome. I'll actually check for you right now. So when I done my ancestry DNA test, I'm just going to go over like the the big proportions because it really goes in depth to like less than a percentage of this ethnicity. But um I'm 31% Cameroon Congo and Western Bantu people, 22% Nigerian, 16% Scottish. English, 10% Benin and Togo, and then I've got quite a few other small percentages. Um, And it's absolutely crazy because it also tells me that it knows I'm Afro-Jamaican. Now, how would it know? Because if some people from Congo, Nigeria, Benin and Togo, Ivory Coast and Ghana move to another country made it through the generations and produced me how would they know that they've gone to another country to do that I don't know DNA is crazy but um after I got this I was like I'm going to start learning about these cultures I want to see where I'm from and then as I started learning about it I was like I want to represent this like there's no representation of children. Um and I wrote this 2 years ago actually but there was at the time there was absolutely no representation of black children really in the media, in books, anything like that. Mm. And I wanted to do do this more specifically because I am a lighter-skinned black woman yeah. and my daughter is darker skinned. Mm. And I know as a little girl you look up to your mum as the definition and epitome of beauty. That is your ballpark figure for what beauty is, and if I don't really look like my daughter, what is that subconsciously going to feed into her just by my very existence? Mm. What is it going to do if she's not constantly around her Nigerian side of the family and the rest of my family are quite fair as well? I'm probably I'm the like the midtone girl, but I've got a sister that's slightly darker than me and a sister that looks Turkish. If you looked at her. So we've got loads of different shades and colour in my family, but no one is the same colour as my children. The nieces and the nephews are mixed. One's mixed with white and Greek Cypriot. One's mixed with Moroccan. One is mixed with Eritrean. So they're all different colours. Like I've got a nephew that's got bright blonde hair and sea blue eyes and wow. the pale white skin. And his dad is black. <laughs> his dad's my uncle, you know? Yeah. So... um wow. I'm sorry, it's my cousin, but he's he's the same age as Adam, so I, I treat him like my nephew. Okay. Um and then I've got my children who are ebony. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you know what I mean? So True. there's loads of different colours, and I just I wanted to give my children the representation um. that I can see that they don't have, that I felt like I didn't have, even though I'm fairer skinned, you know? I still have black features, I have black textured hair. You know, I am a black girl, and I didn't have that representation. So, what must that feel like for my daughter? Um, and since I've been doing like the social media and the makeup and stuff, I remember um, so to to do my tutorials, I'm you know constantly putting on different types of makeup, filming and recording. My kids are always seeing me do that, and my daughter came to me one day. I was like, "Oh, mommy, can I try on?" Um can I try on your, your glitter? And I was like, okay. So I used one of my highlighters, which was the highlighter for my skin tone, took a brush, whacked it on her cheeks and she couldn't see it properly. And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm just too dark. I'm just too dark for this. And I thought, no, you're not the problem. The product is wrong. The product is not I made for you, you know? And when I I'm hearing that. her say things like that, Or sometimes if I put box braids in, she's like, well, I want my hair to be long. And I'm like, no. And it makes me think, do I need to just not do this now? Because every little thing I do as a woman, I am her first port of call. Mm -hmm. She needs to have the representation. And it's one of the reasons why when I made Curious Kemi, I deliberately did not make the mum look like me. Although the whole cast is based on my family, The Mm -hmm. children are based on my children. The dad looks just like their dad, Mm -hmm. but the mum doesn't look like me. And I was really like battling as to whether or not I should or shouldn't, but I'm happy I went with the decision to make her a black woman because what you typically see when there is black representation is there's a dark-skinned man that is always chasing after a light-skinned woman, be it it white or be it that she's fairer-skinned. And that's what people are trying to represent and that's not the case all the time number one and number two that's not something I specifically want to add to the promotion of there's nothing wrong obviously I'm do you know what I mean so there's nothing wrong with it but I don't want to add to the promotion of that you Mm -hmm. know I want to celebrate black people as being black people so as much as the mum's tribe is based off of one of the tribes I have heritage with. And then the dad's tribe is based off of his tribe. I've just made her as, as black as I can, as natural as I can. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's awesome. That, that's really, I, and especially with everything that we're, we're dealing with nowadays um, with representation, with, with uh, the black community, with, um, you know, people who are trying to understand more as well as to what's, uh, you know, what to truly value, how to value yourself, how to see yourself worth. I believe that what you're doing is a very, uh, incredible work for, for the, for black kids. Um, you know, I grew up, I, we didn't have black Ken dolls. We didn't, (laughs) we didn't have, um, you know, uh, black children's books, everything, even, I mean, from, even from our religions, you know, it was just, you saw a whole bunch of black Jesus and I mean, black Jesus, white Jesus. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you, you you figure out your history and you realize, you know, Jesus wasn't even white anywhere close to that. So, but it's all that to say, I believe representation matters Mm -hmm. tremendously. And for you to be doing that uh, for, for our kids, for your generations, I think that it's, it's an admirable work. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about what Curious Kemi is about itself? Like, um, Without going into great detail, because, you know, of course you want people to be able to read the book for themselves and have kids, you know, you know have that that enjoyment. But without going to, into major detail, but giving us like an overview of, of what the whole book is about.
1: So I based Curious Kemi on my daughter, the main character. So her middle name is actually Kemi. I based it on her because she is the most inquisitive child you will ever come across from morning until night. It's who, what, when, where, how, why? (laughs)
2: Why,
1: why, why, but why, but why? So I started thinking, you know, let me, let me create a character that wants to find out things because this is why children become intelligent. This is how they learn because they have that natural affinity to want to understand things. They want to understand. They want to experience, especially growing up in the UK, which feels like a hellhole because it's just, it's a concrete jungle. Yeah. Like when I'm looking at my book right now, the illustrations, And it just makes me feel happy because I can see blue skies Uh. and trees and animals. I can see that. We don't have that here. Unless Uh. you go out to the country, you don't see or go to a farm, all of these like man-made attractions. You don't see it. And then you've gone for the day, you're tired. It's not your lifestyle. Because she is so curious, I decided to base the book on her and, take her through different adventures, traveling through Africa, Mm. um, exploring, finding out. Because again, and this is down to representation in the media, when people think of Africa, they think of one image, which is poor or not dressed appropriately. I feel like the human body is hyper-sexualized. If you're naked, it's a sexual thing. And that's that when you know the human body is beautiful it's just the body you don't need to hypersexualize everything and yeah I just wanted to provide more representation like there's loads of different parts of Africa and like one of the next stories I actually want to touch on is the north of Africa because Mm -hmm. even that is you know it's like a it's like a soft topic I Mm -hmm. feel like especially being a Muslim and those are like more predominantly Muslim areas. There's a lot of Spanish and Arab influx in those areas. And then those people say that they're African. And then it's like, mm, but really, are you Are you saying it because you want to say it and it's cool to be black nowadays? Or are you actually African? You know, because you can get really fair African people that have mixed with Arabs from, Morocco, like, you know, yeah. throughout the years. and it's just, it's just a whole topic for debate, and I want to showcase as much representation as possible all the different women in all the different shapes and sizes, their looks, their colours, because, again, when you think of Africa or all, when people try to represent African women, when they actually do do it in the media, it's more times the dark-skinned women with the straighter nose or the darker-skinned women with the straighter hair, uh-huh. I find. and Or like the East Africans, because their facial features are um, most like the European features, you know? They're uh-huh. just darker-skinned. That's what I find personally. And I just want to represent and bring as much knowledge as possible to children. And we forget, like, we think of the world... And we think the majority of people in the world are white people. And in actuality, if you think of all the countries, the minority of women, people in the world, sorry, are white people. It's true. A lot, everyone else is coloured to varying degrees. They're ethnic. And, you know, ethnic, you know, sounds like minority to me. That's why I link that to. And it's like, really, is it ethnic? Are we the ethnic people? I don't feel like, I feel like, People with melanin are the baseline, you know? But yeah, the whole point of the Curious is to bring representation and to teach children and to bring them on fun yet educational journeys as well. Expand mm. their vocabulary and just give them something to look forward to and enjoy. Enjoy the fruits. Enjoy learning about animals. Enjoy learning about nature enjoy spending time with your family enjoy your culture because who you are and what you are whatever that is is okay it's good it's fun and you should celebrate yourself because it's in our differences that we can come together we would be pretty boring if everyone was the same it's true you know joy that's
0: true I love that how what age range is is the best uh would you say for for them to to read this book
1: um I would say the age range for reading, it depends on your child. Like it's pre- a pretty simple book to read. Mm-hmm. i would say, you know, a four, five-year-old, if they could read, they'll be able to read it. Children slightly older, it might be a little more simplistic for them, but because of the rhyming and so on and so forth, they'll kind of enjoy it. And it's nice for children like our children's ages, like our babies, the one-year-olds, two-year-olds, it's nice for them to have it read to them. Because mm-hmm. obviously the pictures of i have I've made, deliberately made the book big. Um, I've made the colors very bold I've made the characters very striking so it's gonna be you know attractive and attracting to young babies as well so it's quite broad
0: yeah that's good that's good like I said i want I want to give it to my son he's about he's almost two years old mm. and so you know he's not like legit reading reading yet but he's definitely flipping through pages mm. um, he's asking me like he, he has a book and he'll come to me and be like book you know, and, and just, you know he, so he has his favorite book, you know, so I want I want him to to be able to have uh, the, the goal is to buy more books on um, through with with black history, with with representation and not just black history. Because, you know, um, a lot of people, gosh, I hate this, but so many people stick our history into these years of slavery and we mm-hmm. have so much more rich history. Um, besides, um, before it's the 1600s. And, um, I just think it's very important for us to, to teach that, to, to show the beauties of, of our countries, to show the beauties of, of who we were, um, post, pre-slavery and, and who we've become post-slavery mm-hmm. as well. And so I, I definitely, I, I love the fact that your book is, is, is a book of representation it has, uh, you said it is good for kids to learn vocabulary, rhyming, um, and and they're able to ultimately see themselves. I think mm-hmm. that alone is just a beautiful thing that, that many people are able going, uh, to be able to to draw themselves towards this type of book as Curious Kami. Where Where can people buy this as well?
1: So at the moment, it's available on Amazon. I've published it through that channel. So you can get it from amazon.co.uk, amazon.com, and a few of the other countries as well that Amazon resides in. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty easy. You can get it on Prime Delivery as well. And, yeah, I've decided to go through that channel whilst starting up. Mm -hmm. But as I expand the brand, I'm I'm probably going to set up my own website and have a dedicated place that they can come. I want to make some more educational resources. I want to make a place that kids can come to, especially in this digital age with COVID and everything being restricted. You know, we would have initially thought that kids as young as five, six and seven won't be able to function on a computer and learn how to access different education channels, but um, they can. So that's good to know. So I want to make the Curious Kemi Hub, educational as educational and as fun as it can be and i feel like it's more exciting for kids to learn about things actual things Uh rather than theories you know so like maths conjunctive sentences whatever that means expanded noun phrases is what they're teaching my seven-year-old i haven't got a clue what that is i haven't got a clue what did your teacher say? Because, you know, I, I don't think they were teaching me that at the age of seven.
2: Yeah.
1: No one thinks, okay, I'm about to speak. I need to use a conjunctive noun phrase or expanded noun phrase or I need to use an adverb to describe this verb or noun. You just speak.
2: True.
1: And you learn these things naturally through vocabulary. You learn through hearing other people speak. You learn through reading. Your brain naturally acclimatizes to know when certain things are appropriate, when to use certain words, the true definition of words, the true definition, because the difference between livid and angry, it's true. you know what I mean? That's Upset true. and sad. Yeah. There's small nuances and differences between the two. And if you live life properly, you will learn that. And I don't feel like you always learn that from sitting in a classroom because I would fall asleep. And I understand most vocabulary, you know, so... Yeah. I want to make it a place where you could learn about different fruits, mm. exotic fruits. There's fruits, even to this day, I'm learning about that I never knew existed. And I'm almost 30 years old.
0: Yeah, facts. You
1: know, And these are fruits that are native to my countries. Mm. So, it's crazy. Some yeah,
0: things are in your books too.
1: Sorry, say that again?
0: Some of those things are in your books as well.
1: They will be, yeah. I've got other stories that I've written that I haven't okay. published yet. But in the series, that's what it's going to be about. It's literally going to be about education. So then one of the next stories that I've got is going to be called um, The Mango. And we explore a mango. Hmm. And it's through a little story and a rhyme. And I enjoyed it, <laughs> writing and reading it. I know the kids will as well. But um, And then I've got another story called The Talking Bonobo. What's a bonobo?
0: I don't no, you gotta tell me. <laughs> it's, a
1: monkey. it's a type of monkey, but oh. we just say monkey. We just say monkey, but there's loads of different types of monkey. Like, there's loads of different types of human. Right. You know? What's an okapi?
0: May you teaching me? Go ahead. It's
1: between a deer and a zebra, it's brown, it's dark, chocolatey dark brown, but then on its bum and back legs, it's got white stripes going down the back. It's I'll the plan. most beautiful animal
0: and it's got what? the cute face it's called an okapi yeah uh, okapi yo i'm literally about to <laughs> write some of these things down because i've <laughs> never even heard of an an okapi yeah and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know but like it's pretty cool that you're going oh my goodness an okapi what <laughs> people like i'm i'm listening to this right now and and i <laughs> type it in okay uh api I've never seen this animal in my life.
1: I've got some never. in the zoos in the UK. Like,
0: to the point where I, I thought she was maybe playing with me. Oh
1: <laughs> this God. is a
0: Congolese giraffe or zebra giraffe. Is an um, artiodactyl mammal native to the northeast of the Democratic Republic of the Congo in Central Africa. Although the occlopee has stripes, striped markings reminiscent of zebras, it is most closely related to the giraffe. I am mind blown. Wow. This is beautiful. This is so, like, you're, wow. That's
1: Like, the regular animals, like, I say regular very loosely, but the ones we're more used to, like giraffe and elephants, like, we're so used to hearing these phrases and seeing what they look like that we forget the absolute majesty of an animal they are. Hmm. They're beautiful. They are so stunning, and there's so there's so much beauty in the world, we forget it's there because we're so focused on work, robbing people to pay pool, trying to look like we're living life, you know, going to fancy restaurants rather than actually spending time with your family, the people that matter you know we We feel like people care about and maybe some people do, but care about our image and what it looks like we have, or or the material things we have, when those things come and go and they're only going to benefit you for a time. People care about the feelings you leave them behind with and the knowledge you impart and how you make a change to them or a change to their life or a change to their perception of their reality. So there's a lot of things that can be touched upon in these books, a lot of deep concepts without actually having to explain it like that to a child. It just gives them hope and happiness. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I want to try and put forth through this channel, these books that I'm going to write and the Curious Kelly brand as a whole.
0: Rihanna, you've just gotten a huge supporter. Uh I was I mean I wanted to I wanted to help support anyway and and just, uh, you know, come through with what you were doing. I, I loved the Curious Kemi uh, book itself. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought it yet. Once again, I will be purchasing. Um, but to hear your heart, to hear uh, your the reason behind why this was made, and to also see what you're go- where you're going with this, uh, I think this is going to, like, I, I, if if it filled my heart with joy, just Aww. hearing your your mission, where you're going with uh with your books, with the education um concept behind uh, the series of the books, uh you just taught me some new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the archery, I never even the i <laughs> I'm still on this thing. I'm looking at it right now, people. It's just, it's so like wow. But um, I'm. I'm just very, I'm excited for your future. I'm excited for uh, where you're headed and how you're going to be able to help bless so many children and adults uh, for those who are going to be reading and reading to their children or even finding out new things. Because once again, you just schooled me. Uh, so So... If I'm reading this to my child, and I'm learning about these new animals or these the 500 different varieties of mangos, you know, and mm. and like and that's so cool that you're doing a book on that. By the way, it's really
2: yeah.
0: um because I love mangos, so
2: <laughs> my like, friend. Oh, best friend, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so to see all of that, to see you care for the culture, you care for um, the representation, you care to, for for children to know themselves. To see themselves and to educate themselves, I think, uh, in my opinion, don't try, just do it. You know, yeah. just just make it happen because what you're bringing into the world is crucial; is necessary for uh, for our for our generations to come. So, I just want to say thank you for even having yeah. the heart and having the desire to make this happen because once again I think you've changed many lives
1: I, I hope so I really do And um, it's just about finding the time yeah and then the skill set like I'm generally a person that if I don't understand something mm-hmm. I will learn and I'll get on and do it and I'll figure it out if I couldn't find an illustrator I would have eventually worked out how to draw myself right. it would have taken me a while but I would have done it um, again, it's like I I just need to be smart with my time because I don't want it to become just like as a as a mom and a businesswoman for it to become something that I can't manage. Because as the years have gone on, I have had more and more children. I've got three in total now, yeah. and where I found I could withstand a lot of things before and manage a lot on my plate. Mm-hmm. Now that I've added another two children to the mix, it's quite a lot now and i've got quite a lot to do in the day and the gap that i've had between the kids so like the gap between my first two is like 2 years by the time she was born two and a bit years mm-hmm. and i my son's one so my daughter's seven my son's one now 6 year gap it doesn't feel like a lot but imagine not riding a bicycle for 6 years you don't really forget what it's going to be taxing on your body you know so right. and i'm not as young as i used to be <laughs>
2: I'm uh, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's a lot and I need to like it's 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 quite a lot and I just wanna figure out a good plan yeah. to execute this well because I don't want to do it half heartedly I don't like doing anything half heartedly, I'd rather not do it. So if I'm gonna do it, I wanna do it well. Um and do it justice, like the concept justice, the idea, um, everything. So I'm hoping that over the next few months I can really maybe build a team to kind of mark it properly and just get it in front of people. Cause that's the major thing is I know the children will love it and they'll really benefit from it, Mm -hmm. but they won't benefit if they can't see it. It's true. Yeah, it's
0: true. Rihanna, thank you so much. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on Madcasters. Someone once again, who I I love just having the people who embody our message of, of seeing the, the, the needs of our, of our world, of our communities and deciding to make a difference in that regard. So thank you so much for being on our show. I really me. appreciate you and your words of wisdom.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank awesome. you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters. Please remember, do what you were called to bring into this world. Find a way to make a difference in your life and in someone else's life today, even if that's just one thing. Follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and become a Patreon supporter. Tune in next Thursday as we continue to grow and inspire because this is the launchpad for you to go mad.